Welcome to the TAC Show, episode three with our guest today, Mr. Lucas Hibbard. So what exactly got you into music? Like, uh, You mean like music teaching or just music in general or both? Well, music, well, I guess your passion for music. What got you into your passion for music? Oh, that's a good question. So I would say when I was really young, like young elementary age, uh, I knew I loved singing. And of course, at that age, you're pretty young. And so my parents would always say, you know, hey, you're pretty good at singing. And I remember my parents telling me my kindergarten teacher saying that, hey, he could he can sing pretty well, because back then you would sing in kindergarten class sometimes. Um, and then I would say uh, one of the big events for me was I moved to Lansing in ninth grade and I was um, on the basketball team and one of the first, actually, I guess it was partway through the basketball season, there was auditions for the high school musical and a, a friend of mine on the team, uh, his name is Mike Clark, you might know him, he lives in Lansing still. Um, he said, hey, you should come with me to the auditions for the musical. And I was like, nah, I don't know if I'm really into that. You know, I wasn't really sure if it was something I wanted to do, but he kind of, uh, encouraged me pretty good. And so I said, all right, so let's do this. So I went and auditioned for the high school musical that year and absolutely loved it. It was a, such a great time. A lot of great friends involved in it. And for the next four years, that was a huge part of my time in life and in high school. So that was what really probably the biggest moment that gave me that passion for music and musical theater and things like that. So uh, through all that, I ended up starting working with a voice teacher um, at Ithaca College. So I ended up going to Ithaca College and working with him further and getting my degree in music education. So I guess that's what you say. That's kind of where I give credit to my passion in music is, is a lot to do with those high school musicals. Yeah, was there any type of musical in, spe in specific that got you into music or was it just like doing them throughout the, your high school years? I think it was just, you know, what we did. I mean, I think any musical that we had done would have been exciting for me. That freshman year, we did South Pacific. Uh, in fact, we didn't even know when we went to the auditions what the show was going to be. Mrs. Howell didn't announce it till after the auditions um, or maybe at the auditions. Um, but yeah, so we, it didn't really matter to me what the show was. It was just a, a love that I had. It grew out of all that from musical theater. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What made you want sports or? What made you want to choose like a, a music career over like a, a mainline sports career? Oh, well, uh, I guess the problem is I'm, a, I'm better with uh, better at singing than I am at sports. I was I was an OK athlete in high school, never anything fantastic at all. Um, so, you know, singing was something I was I was more I guess I was a much stronger singer than I was an athlete. So that's that kind of made the choice easier for me. Did anybody get you recommended when you first got your job as a teacher back around 18, 19 years ago? Um, did anybody recommend me? Um, I don't know. Mrs. Howell, Mrs. Cindy Howell still worked here at the time. She was the high school music teacher and she would have been in on the interview committee at the time. And um, I don't know what happened in the interviews other than what I said, but I would assume that she had a little influence on since she was my high school teacher, there might have been a little influence in there and hiring me. But um, I, know I would hope that the recommendations I had from my college professors and things like that were uh, 
involved. But it was it was great to be able to get a job at Lansing. That was that was an awesome thing. I, this is my wife, who I did I was uh, dating at the time, but where we weren't married yet. She had she was working at the school too. Uh, the year before I started, she started teaching at Lansing. So it worked out great that we were both able to get a job here. Yeah. So how are you able to like get, get the job and stuff? Like, was the interview tough? I will say that um, that's really the only job I've ever interviewed for in my life. Um, I've, I've had many other jobs, but none of them required an interview. Um, and I would, knowing what I've seen at other interviews, that I've been to, that I've been a part of the committee to interview somebody, I, I probably sounded like a, a bumbling idiot during my interview because compared to the people that I've listened to, um, I don't think I'm a very good interviewer, but, um, but apparently I did well enough to get the job, I guess. Well, yeah, you made it, that's that's the real important thing. That's right, I made it. I, it's, it's a, I'm a better, I'm sure I'm a better teacher and I care about my I care a lot about my students so I'm, I'm better at that than I am interviewing I'm sure <laughs> so what what got you into like coaching basketball and doing that stuff oh well since I was young I've played I love sports um, so I was my dad coached me when I was a kid he would coach me in soccer and baseball um, I don't think he ever coached a basketball team for me but I didn't really play a whole lot of organized basketball until I was in seventh grade. So like modified basketball. Um, but I really enjoyed, I guess I had a really good modified basketball coach. This was before I moved to Lansing. Uh, he was, his name was Mr. Christian. And he was a, he really taught the fundamentals of basketball well. And I, and I still use a lot of that, uh, what I remember from him teaching in my time as a coach. So um, I've enjoyed coaching. It gives me a a little bit of an outlet outside of music as you can imagine most of my day or all of my day is devoted to music and things related to music so to, to do something different is is a is a nice part of my day when i'm able to do that yeah so it's not like high school musical where uh, every few minutes they just sing about how they want to play basketball i don't think so maybe that would be fun too i don't know we could work that out and maybe you could write a song tom we could sing it at <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Was it sort of harsh, like, you know, going, being on a modified basketball team and then going to an entire different school with a, like a junior varsity team? Was that a little bit of a rush transition? I, maybe in a way, I guess. Yeah. When I moved to Lansing, of course, I didn't really, know, I didn't know anybody. Um, uh, even by the time basketball season rolled around, I, I didn't, I'd never seen other of my classmates play basketball. So I had no idea what you know, what was in store for me for their uh, level of ability. And of course, then you had the 10th graders that were doing JV as well. So um, yeah, I didn't, I, my ninth grade year, I didn't play a whole lot. I was on the team, but it was not a year that I played a lot. My 10th grade year, I played quite a bit more on the JV team, but. Did, was, did you ever play against your old team? Like. No, I, I, uh, when I, before I lived in Lansing, I lived in Liberty, New York, which is uh, about three hours, two or three hours um away from Lansing so it's, it's actually just beyond the border of our section for sports we're in section four and it's just beyond the border into section nine so never huh. played them in high school or anything yeah was it like a was it like a bit of like a culture difference like going from like a team a few hours away to like a t a new team was that a little bit 
like of a difference? Like, was there any major differences? I wouldn't say much from the town to the town. Um, I'd say the biggest difference is that like in eighth grade playing modified, you're, you're only, your teammates are all eighth graders. Whereas you go to JV and you play in ninth and 10th grade, you're, you're playing with 10th graders who have another year of experience on top of what you've done. So generally they're, they can have a little, they're a little more talented or a little better at what they're doing because they've had another year of experience. So that's a, that's a challenging thing. What's the craziest basketball game you've ever played? Craziest? Yeah. Um, I don't know about crazy. I can I can remember the most exciting game I've ever played. I was it was uh, in tenth grade when we were on the JV team and we were playing a game to I think win the division for the IAC championship uh, or maybe to go to it. I don't remember for sure. And it was down right to the end and the coach drew up a play where I was the guy throwing the ball out of bounds taking the ball out of bounds and throwing it in. And I was able to throw a long pass down to a, another teammate uh, for a layup to win the game uh, or to seal the win, I guess, one or the other. So that was really exciting for me. Did they ever record the games in the past or was that only for like the semifinals? Like, like if they, they recorded, record yeah, if they, like sort of what they do with NBA games. Uh, I would assume when I so this is in the middle of the 1990s, so there definitely was video cameras back then, <laughs> but not as not as prevalent. It wasn't. I mean, I think people videotaped their games, and we would often watch them with the team and the coach, just to, as a learning process. We'd watch the games we could play to learn from them, but it wasn't something that broadcasted usually. Because the the last time I went to a modified game, there was like no cameras. Yeah, often in modified, they don't do that as much as they might do it in JV or varsity. Yeah. Some do so once once you became the music teacher, did you immediately come the chorus teacher too, or was that an entirely different story? Uh, that's a good question. So when I started uh, teaching in, in Lansing, at least the job in the middle school is is I teach music, gender music class. And then I also teach the chorus. There are some schools, especially like a bigger school, where uh, you have somebody that might teach general music, and then you have somebody else who teaches chorus. Um, but in Lansing, you know, being a, a somewhat small school, the one teacher does both of those things. Um, but it's it's different in, in in different schools. They do different things and how that works. But here, it's that's part of the job. Being the chorus teacher is part of the job of being the music teacher. But technically all music teachers are certified to do anything music. So, you know, the orchestra teachers could teach chorus or even general music, and I could teach uh, orchestra or band, at least by my certification. That doesn't mean I'd be very good at it, but I'm certified to do it. Do you, do you think the music that comes out today with the poppy electro music, do you think that's as good as sort of the 80s Michael Jackson or heavy metal music you grew up with? Um, I don't. I I think every uh, generation has its certainly music changes over time, and I think every generation has what it enjoys. You know, I if it's if if you ask me what I personally enjoy, I probably enjoy music from when I was younger more than I enjoy the you know the current popular music. Um, but you know, when uh, thirty years from now, when you're my age or close to it, you'd probably say the same thing, or you'd say, "Hey, I like the music from." 2020 better than I like the music in 2050. Yeah, yep. I'm tired of those 2050 people putting synthesizers in their mouths. I want to hear real music. 
Yeah, I'm sure some people definitely have, they would talk a lot about that, the fact that, that there's a lot of more electronic music as opposed to live music today than there was These days, ago. you've got Daft Punk and Dead Mouse and Marshmallow. They're all super successful. They're just yeah. like, they're just literally DJs. Well, in the end, it's all about entertainment, right? That people want to be entertained. So as long as it's entertaining, they don't really care. Some people, at least a lot of people don't really care how the music's created as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. Back when like streaming music came out, like with Napster, was that like a big shock that you could go and download music and get songs? Was that like a big deal? I, I kind of remember the whole Napster thing. I think it was in college when that all occurred. And yeah, I think at Napster, I think if I remember correctly, they got themselves in a little bit of trouble because they were, you could download music for free. And then it was like, hey, wait a minute, this shouldn't be free. I think that was what happened. But um, yeah, it was interesting to go from, you know, carrying around a big package of CDs in your car to being able to put stuff on an iPod or on now on your phone or wherever you want to listen to music. It's, uh, it's very ever, different. Did you ever know anybody at college who just download 5,000 songs in a week on their PC from Napster? I don't, I, it, I definitely didn't. Uh, I would, I'm sure there were, I don't recall anybody in particular, but I think there were definitely people who were very much into downloading a lot of music. Uh, yeah, I find it funny that uh, like Universal and Sony, they tried to sue individuals. Yeah, rather than suing Napster. Well, yeah, yeah, since Napster claimed they weren't responsible. They were, yeah. they were, they're basically audio YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you like ever gotten into instruments? Like, are there any you're really fond of? And I'm really fond of. Well, I, uh, I play the piano a little bit. I played the viola uh, growing up, uh, starting in uh, third or fourth grade, all the way through high school. I played the viola. Uh, I took piano lessons, uh, probably, I was, I don't know, six or seven years old, I started taking piano lessons, and then I stopped uh, in eighth grade, actually, when I moved to Lansing. I didn't really take piano lessons anymore, but, you know, I could play okay, well enough to get by. I had to take more piano lessons in college. Um, I wish I was a better piano player, and I, because I really enjoy playing the piano, but it's not something I've ever Put a ton of time into to become like a really good piano player but i do okay i guess for what i need to do at school although some of my students might disagree with that have, have you ever have you ever really gotten back into piano like has that ever been the goal that i'm just gonna go and try to play a little bit of piano every day um not really a, a goal necessarily although um this year is probably not the best example but in most <laughs> years i'm i'm playing the piano um you know, sometimes during chorus, Mrs. Gorman plays chorus in, in chorus, but if she's on vacation or if she's not here for some reason, then I'll end up playing. Those are the days you, usually my students complain because I'm not as good a piano player as Mrs. Gorman. Not even close. So you, so your music classes these days in COVID, like how exactly do you do that? It's been interesting trying to, to, to do different things. You know, some would uh, well, the chorus isn't happening at all, really. We're, I've actually just started doing a, a virtual thing uh, with, with students who want to be involved in it that are in chorus. Mrs. Hall at the high school and I, she, we're doing a virtual choir. So we're learning a song virtually, which is, uh, we just started today, actually, sent out the music and, um, 
and some instructions on how to get started. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, but for music class, it's been, um, in some ways, if for the kids that are here in school, it's similar, uh, obviously smaller classes, but we can, other than singing, we can do most things we could do before. Um, we're able to use instruments because I can wipe them down between classes. Uh, so that's been possible. What's probably going to be most challenging coming up is when I have students that are in class in the room with me and students online at the same time. That's going to be challenging to, to do both of those things, mostly because if I'm trying to, say, play ukulele in class, I can't really do that with students who are yeah. ukulele. So that'll be definitely challenging. So I have to figure out how I'm going to manage stuff like that. Have you ever had any virtual students from music class yet, or is it just the physical or hybrid students? I, I have. I've had, um, so far I've taught seventh and eighth grade this year. I'm almost done with eighth grade. And so in both of those cases, I've had virtual students, but I haven't had both yet. So I've had virtual students that I've taught, and I've had in-person students that I've taught, but I haven't had to do both at the same time, at least not on a regular basis. Whereas now that I'm starting fifth grade next in a couple of weeks, they have some classes where they have students that are online with a class that is in person. So that's going to be challenging. So everything switched around now. Fifth grade isn't the first quarter anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you've got a good memory time. Yeah, fifth grade has uh, always been the first class I, class I teach in the year. Uh, but there were some schedule changes this year. And uh, Quest and Health and Pause actually got put into the rotation of uh, the Encore rotation. And it was switched with FACTS. And FACTS is now called CTD, and that's where help was in the schedule. So uh, they ended up putting uh, pause for fifth grade at the beginning of the year because they, you know, pause is kind of an introduction, helps to introduce the students to fifth grade. So that was important for them to have first. So, so I'll see fifth graders in the next marking period. I have been kind of bummed that I haven't got to know the fifth graders to this point this year because I always get, enjoy getting to know the new students in the building. Uh, do you think in September you'll be able to do musicals or dramas? Or anything oh, like I, that? I sure hope so. Yeah. I mean, I guess earlier in the year we were all thinking, yeah, that it might be this year that we do this, but next fall certainly we'll be back to normal. But I guess some people are saying even now that maybe even in the fall we won't be back to normal. Who knows? I really hope so because I missed it. I know the, the students miss it. It's something I really love to do and I I uh, I'd hate to miss out on that opportunity for a second year, but hopefully we can do musicals and have chorus in the fall. Like, would the school ever be up for doing like virtual tapings of like musicals or dramas? Just get people on a Zoom meeting or a Google Meet to go do it. I think that's possible. Actually, I had a conversation with Mr. Vera a few weeks ago about some possibilities for a musical even this year. And there are um, the the companies that own the musicals and own the rights to the musicals are are putting out different possibilities for streaming. Uh, like you can. For example, you could have the students perform on the stage, but then you videotape it, stream it live to an audience at home. Uh, so that's one option. But I've got to kind of look and see what um, if any students are interested and in how that would happen. But the problem is you still have to be for singing. We'd have to be 12 feet apart on stage and and wearing masks. So that would be challenging to say the least. So we'll have to see what can work out. We're Mrs. Howell and I, Mrs. Cindy Howell and I, we're still we're looking at some possibilities. And we're going to be asking students soon what their interest might be. When I was in a thousand cranes, it's, it stopped about halfway through production, and then we just 
did it all virtually. It was quite interesting. Uh, we didn't really have assemblies, and it was it was like a little bit weird. So the a thousand cranes part was kept intact. Everybody rehearsed, did their stuff. But then for the second play, which was supposed to air, that was just split up into like a special for some reason. But yeah, yeah. it was quite interesting. And I, th I think I can you know, like still check it on YouTube. And Yeah, I remember that it was great that Mrs. Thumble put together and was able to do something with a thousand cranes, even though the school had shut down. It was great that they were able to do that. I, I fear that for a musical, it might be a little more challenging because to do it over Zoom, you wouldn't, you know, if you're trying to sing the music, it would be really challenging to do that with a lot of kids. If you're just talking, like in a drama, I think that makes things a little easier. But even though it's not ideal in any situation, but for a musical, I think it'd be near impossible to do it on Zoom. But maybe we can do, hopefully we can do some streaming thing or just do something. Because I feel bad, especially for the eighth graders, that they wouldn't have an opportunity. So we're going to do our best to make something happen. Do you so? Do you guys like do any sports? Like do, you, do you, like do you do any sports at all? Like, like me first. Um, I don't really play any uh, sports with adults. I I I you know I coach. Basketball. I mean I mean school sports. Like does the like school do any sports these days? Oh, is the school doing sports? Yeah, there are some. Uh, so New York State is allowing right now in the. The winter sports are happening, but only a few are allowed in schools. So like basketball and wrestling are not allowed because they're considered high risk sports. So they, the sports that are happening that I'm aware of that are happening right now are swimming and bowling. Uh, but like swimming, it's kind of neat the way they've, they've done it. They're, uh, they're doing virtual meets. So they swim. And I'm, from what I understand, they have officials and they do their time, but the other school isn't there. They're in their own pool. So they, they basically just compare times. And then they have a meet that way. So they're not in the same pool together. Uh, and I think bowling is probably pretty similar to that, that they probably don't necessarily have to be in the same place. They can just. Oh, so does like the whole quarantine, everybody just wears masks and the team wears masks and they just do it and then record themselves or. For bowling? I assume so. And I can't imagine they're wearing masks in the swimming pool, but since they're in their own lane, I think it's probably a little better. Well, they could have been wearing scuba diving masks. Well, that's true. They could work. They could snorkel and swim uh, along snorkel, right? Yeah. So, what is your favorite musical? My favorite musical. Uh, I I'd have to say I definitely have many that I really really love, but I think at the very top of my list is Les Mis. It's uh, the music in Les Mis is is just amazing. I've seen it um, many times. I I was able to. I was fortunate enough to be part of. Uh, one of the assistant directors years ago when the high school performed it, I think it was in 2004. Uh, that was pretty awesome. And I've seen it on Broadway a couple of times and in other professional theaters a few times. It's it's uh, it's just an amazing show. I love it. Do you think the film adaptation of Russell Crowe is any good? I enjoyed the film. I will say that um, I, I, Russell Crowe was probably not my favorite singer. <laughs> um, but overall, I thought the film was quite good. I really, I think it was uh, one of the first ones they ever actually played the music and recorded it live during the film. Usually they dub over the, the like a soundtrack later on, but for that one they actually sang it while they were recording. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and West Side Story, they half the singing roles are dubbed. Yeah. Like yeah. Natalie Wood doesn't sing in the film. Oh yeah. They do that with a lot of other films too. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I think that in The Greatest Showman, the lady that's the opera singer, she, uh, I, I think the, the woman who played it wasn't the person singing, it was somebody else singing. Uh, do you think they should cast actors in musical films, like if they could sing? Like, because what's the point of casting somebody in a musical if they cannot sing well? I, I agree with you. I, I think, a lot, I mean, I think what, uh, from a perspective of a studio, a film studio, my guess is they're probably, you know, they want to sell tickets, right? That's, the, that's their end game is to make money. So, you know, if they're going to put a person in the role in Les Mis, say Russell Crowe or um, Hugh Jackman, they're going to bring in more people watching it than, you know, somebody who's an amazing singer, but nobody's ever heard of. Even though they're going to do an amazing job, uh, you know, especially for somebody who's not really into musicals, if they're, you know, kind of borderline, do I really want to go see this? Well, they say, oh, Hugh Jackman's in it or Russell Crowe's in it. Yeah, I'll go see it. But if they, if somebody's starring in it they've never heard of, eh, maybe they won't go see it. Yeah. How do you think Broadway does their musicals these days? Well, as far as I know, it's still, unfortunately, still shut down. They shut down, uh, I think, in March last year, and they haven't opened up again. They, uh, I assume they're going to open up as soon as they can and as soon as New York State allows it, but they're uh, they're still closed as far as I know. That's really sad. Yeah. Do, do, do you feel that musicals are sort of <laughs> destined to win Oscars these days? If they make a movie musical, is it destined to win an Oscar? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like for Best Picture? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess for everything, because, you know, you look at stuff these days, you look at stuff in the 60s, it's like all the big snub winners are either just dramas, really dramatic dramas, or musicals. Yeah, I think that's fairly common. You don't see too many comedies winning Best Picture, do you? Oh, yeah. I still find it surprising that Melissa McCarthy got nominated for an Oscar in Bridesmaids. I, I, I would have never, I would have never suspected that. Yeah, I think that's it's un, it's definitely uncommon. <laughs> you look for the more dramatic roles for sure. I think. Well, anyway, thanks for talking. Uh, it was oh, really well. fun t talking to you. And I stay you stay tuned in for the next episode. All right. Have a great day, Tom. Ah, you too.